This is the Kawabui Show. Kawabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kawabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, online business. You could check out his blog site at www.kowa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Kowa Bui. Mr. Kowa Bui. So Ben, I really appreciate your time today. And, um, you know, it's you're a really hard guy to, to catch. And I know that how busy you are. So and I've been following you for, for many years. I've been seeing what you're doing. So, you know, I really appreciate you being here and um, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. And um, I'm, I'm living the, the caravan lifestyle at the moment, working from home, as you can see. Yeah, it's, yeah, not yeah. The, it's not the cool setup I'm looking at with you, but no, um, no, I, no. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's all about financial freedom. You've achieved the financial freedom and that's like, you know, it's a dream of having that extra time. So, so I'm just curious, <laughs> what, what's financial freedom to you, by the way? Um, it's just choices. Mm. So I thought when I first got started that it was about becoming a millionaire. I thought it was about having stuff. I thought it was about a certain dollar figure in the bank and a certain dollar figure of income. And Mm. now I realize financial freedom is so much deeper than that. It is the choice to show up as the best version of yourself every day Mm. to choose the work you do, to find meaningful work, to spend more time with people you care about, to, as with us, like we sort of holiday eight, 10 weeks a year now, work four days a week, have incredible teams of great people that we love working with that help us. And just, mm. you know, like for me, a lot of it's around consciousness as well. Like actually getting out of the grind and the survival and the cortisol and like the living paycheck to paycheck to actually being able to thrive and choose your adventure as opposed to sort of just let the wind blow you to wherever you want to be. Mm, definitely. Um, I think you touched a bit of point about leaving the paycheck. Um, a lot of people are thinking about, okay, I'm going to stay in a job, work nine to five, and that would be my whole life. But you somehow broke free from that. What was the, how did you transition into financial freedom? Like, did you read books and because of what was, how did you transition to all this knowledge? As well? um, in terms of the actual transition point, I got a really big kick in the bum. Um, I actually got sacked from my previous employer. What were you doing? Um, I was trying to buy his business um, from someone else. And, um, you know, he just obviously, as I would, definitely had a problem with that. You know, looking back, I definitely could have done it better. And I could have, you know, told him what my plans were, which was to go into ownership for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But you sort of live and you learn. So I was thrust into financial um, freedom, if you know what I mean, and chasing this lifestyle. But before that exactly the same as yourself like started with rich dad poor dad mm. richest man in babylon you know think and die rich um then went down the jim Rohn, the dennis waitley the tony mm. robbins stuff um sort of figured out like the the mindset for achieving things and then really became obsessed with and focused on property and and bought my first property at 24 and mm. now i'm 34 i've sort of bought 12 properties and made some massive mistakes and learned some good lessons that'll set me up for the next 20 years. 
Mm-hmm. What was your first property like? What, what was it? It was a fixer upper. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it was definitely a fixer upper. Um, yeah, okay. We have a we have a running joke. Like it was the worst suburb in the area that I grew up. Okay. Um, it was the only property in the entire area which was the Sutherland Shire of Sydney that I could afford. Yeah. Okay. And the building we bought in it was a two bedroom unit with city and water views. Mm. Um, paid three hundred sixty thousand for it in two thousand and eleven. Okay. And um, it was in like a, the building, like there's a laughing joke. It was like a crack den. It was just, it was that <laughs> bad, man. It was like 40% housing commission, 40% wow. drug addicts. And then young people like me trying to get into the market. Yeah. Okay. Um, it it like, did get cleaned up. Stairs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a shocker, bro. Like it was, it was as rough as you get. Okay. Um, the guy that was actually running the body corporate, you know, I didn't know anything about property when we first bought it, we were paying about 400 a quarter in fees. Okay. Went up to $6,000 a quarter. The guy that was managing the body corporate Mm. ended up going to prison for embezzling all the money from our building for three years. And I didn't know the better at the time money back. Okay. Um, But you know, big lesson. (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, so then what were you doing before that? Like, did you just have one job, or what? I think I heard in another interview you had about three jobs, right? And you were yeah, I was working yeah. hard. Like, um, you know, a lot of those guys start out same as yourself by sort of having a a job that pays mm. the bills and then a side hustle or a way to help people. Um, so I was working at IBM in their global graduate program at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was earning forty five grand a year. And then I had this, um, these little government grants that I was earning on the side from some work that I learned how to do at university, making up about another 20 grand a year. Yep. Yep. Um, and that, that was it, man, just saving my money and yeah. yeah. And you know, the good old days in 2011, you could put down a 5% deposit, Mm. no lenders, mortgage insurance, no stamp duty as a first time buyer. So it was very easy to get into the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's not easy to, to save money, um, especially in Australia. You know, it's, you know, we want to go to pubs, we want to enjoy ourselves, right? But you were scripting <laughs> and saving, you had your goals, right? So, um, you know, yeah. I, was, I was still yeah. going to the pub with the boys, like mm. as a 24 year old, but that became pretty old for me pretty quickly. Like I was more mm. interested in, you know, once I figured out financial freedom could be a way out of like the really poor background I came from, I was, yeah. you know, I didn't need to be sold on how to get there it was just a matter of which way and, and how long it was going to take me yeah okay so you're saying that the uh, the poor background was your motivating force that pushed you to to achieve your goals because some people like you know get pulled they need to be pulled towards the goals but you know your your background pushed you yeah you, know, you don't want to be living in that you know that lifestyle like you did before right so yeah for sure man yeah. like um, I remember seeing this guy speak once and he said, there's a few different ways you can get to where you want to be. And mm. my way was that unfortunate bulldozer approach. Like a lot of people that come from a poor background, which is just work hard and smash through every barrier in front of you. But yeah, that takes yeah, yeah. a lot of energy. And, you know, as you said, now it's much nicer to have a vision that's pulling me towards where I want to be. That's mm. based on a different way of thinking than I was brought up with. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Okay. So, um, and I also noticed that, you, you talk a lot about financial freedom um, through granny flats as well. And I think that's a really great strategy, um, granny flats. So could you tell us, you know, what, what you mean by that strategy, investing in granny flats and how you could be financially free? 
Yeah. So um, I spoke to this client a few years back, Dave, and he'd never earned more than a hundred thousand bucks a year. Mm. And he, over the last 25 years had bought three houses in Sydney um, at really good prices. And then he'd built three granny flats on them. And by mm. the time he came and worked with me, this was about three or four years ago um, because he wanted to buy in Brisbane. He didn't have the skills to buy up here, but he knew what he wanted. Yep. And he, he owned these three houses and three granny flats completely outright worth about wow. $3 million, giving mm. him 3000 bucks a week of income. That's crazy. And, when he told me what his income was, I'm like, what the hell? Like it just mm. didn't make sense. And he's like, when you get the long-term capital growth out of these properties from buying Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, and then you actually get cash flow that allows you to pay them off faster as well. Mm. He's like, it's instead of the old capital growth or cash flow strategy, it's merging the two. Mm. I really listened to that. I actually sold six of my properties that were just single income at the time okay. and completely reorientated my life and started to create this passive income much faster than I was planning on. Um, you know, completely one conversation just changed my life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know, sometimes you learn things that are a bit easier than what you were doing. And it's mm. like, I'm one of those people that was happy to let go of the attachment and ego to that and to mm. just immediately move into something that was going to get me to where I wanted to be sooner. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many strategies like there's no, no money down, there's fixed rubber, but it all seems really complicated. But for your strategy in terms of granny flats, put a granny flat at the back, find a location where, um, you know, it, the vacancy is going to be good as well. And if you get like the cash flow through there, that's enough to just pay your bills. I think, um, I saw one of the emails like $15,000 you know, passive income per year for, for one. That's amazing. Crazy, yeah. Man. That's awesome. And these are simple numbers. Like this yeah. was buying a 400 K home, mm. putting down a 10% deposit. So 40 K mm -hmm. building 120 K granny flat and putting down $30,000 deposit on the granny flat. Yep. You know, so you're effectively spent 520 K in total. Mm. You're getting 660 to 700 bucks a week of rent. Yeah. Um, and with today's interest rates being so low on that scenario, you're literally looking at 12 to 15 grand a year of passive income from day one. Mm. Um, you know, most people can stomach that. It's not like you're going out there and spending one or 2 million bucks in Sydney or Melbourne and getting 600 bucks a week in rent from it. Yeah. 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 I saw the, um, yeah, the property prices in Sydney is just stupid. Um, but in, <laughs> Agreed. Wings, yeah, in Brisbane, oh, amazing, amazing properties. I think I saw one for, uh, 275 it was four bedroom somewhere it's just mm. ridiculous and um yeah with the whole coronavirus now i think you know property prices are, are dropping as well so um yeah like do you think there's some really good deals to be snapped up at the moment yeah i feel like the marketplace has already reset in the last month by about five to ten percent in sydney yeah. and melbourne and by about five percent in brisbane Okay. Um, then if you know how to access off market and distress sales, you know, there's an ability to pick up 10 to 15% below market value right now. Um, okay. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Like, you know, there's some positive stuff coming out from CoreLogic, SQM and the other big data analysts to suggest that it's going to be more like a V shaped recession than a yeah. really deep U shaped one. Mm -hmm. Um, which is positive, but you know, that actually unfortunately shuts the buying window for people like you and I that were, mm. you know, hoping to capitalize for a couple of years rather than just six to nine months. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I was interviewing another guy and he said, it's not really a, um, um, a financial recession. It's more of like a health impact. It's really just a health crisis. So, um, mm. and obviously once the, 
once the health is all cured and everything, it's just going to bounce back up pretty quickly. So yeah, it's pretty interesting there. Um, okay. How about finding these, these granny flat, like these good locations where you can deposit these granny flats in there? Like what's your advice there? Yeah, it's a good point. So for any property that I buy for a client or myself, um, okay. there's five things. I always want to be timing the right market. Okay. So Brisbane and Perth right now are cheaper to buy than they were 12 to 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. That is good timing. It's kind of like buying Sydney or Melbourne in 2011 before they were twice as expensive like they are today. Okay. Um, so timing's one. Capital growth is two. Mm -hmm. Capital growth means buying... 600 square meter blocks and that's what you need for a granny flat as a minimum mm. um, it means buying within 20 k's of the city or on the beach in sydney melbourne and brisbane okay um, it means buying the best suburb the best street the best pocket mm. and then on top of that i want cash flow so that's where your granny flat comes in yeah, yeah um yeah. generally you want the front of the property to be at least 15 meters wide in the suburbs that i look at that mm. gives you like enough access down the side to fit the granny flat on the site Mm -hmm. um, you normally want the house at the front of the block so that you've got a huge backyard to comfortably put a nice fence in so that the front house has a big yard for the family that will rent it. Yeah. And then the backyard's got its own little granny flat with its own yard so that mm. that's attractive too. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned manufactured growth before. I like to buy a bit of a fixer upper, but most of my clients want something super simple. Mm. Um, and then I like, you know, as an income earner, the same as yourself, it's nice to save a bit of tax. So the brand new granny flat gives you about three or four grand a year back at tax time, which isn't much, but it's, it's handy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I think I saw a video of you explaining it on how um, it's good to have like a driveway that goes all the way to the back of the house and the granny flat isn't facing the back of the house. It's facing, um, the other direction so therefore the tenants have got a bit of privacy i thought yeah that's yeah. amazing yeah it is true you got to have that little access there and if you've got if you're living in a granny flat you want that little privacy there so it makes it more we, we try and create like a really functional front home that doesn't mm. take away anything from the home so we get the maximum rent and the maximum mm. privacy and then you know six foot fencing with privacy screens so it, it's really completely block, blocked out mm. and then um as you said, like the orientating the granny flat so that it's, it's separate and you're not having that awkward looking over the fence vibe yeah, where, where yeah. people don't like catching their neighbor's <laughs> eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, okay. So you're director of pumped on property and you provide these uh, services that helps people buy these good properties, right? That you can position the granny flats. Can you tell us a bit, a bit more about your services that you provide? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't have to do a plug, man. I just prefer yeah. to add way more value to your That's audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just help people, a small number of people each month buy really high quality properties, mm. um, mainly in Brisbane now, five years ago in Sydney. And mm. we just learn from history and try and make better decisions moving forward so people can get financially free. Like it's mm. a really simple family businessman that tries to do the right thing backed with quality data to make better decisions and it's no more complicated than that yeah that's great and um okay so when you're um because a lot i go on social media there's a lot of people say oh you should quit your job start a business and everything but but there's other people that says you know just don't worry about it. hold on to your job save up for those deposits and then buy you know those those investment properties and then you retire would you advise them that's a good path you know just hold on to your job doesn't matter about that and just you know, save up those deposits and then eventually be free through, through property. Is that 
a good strategy. That gives me goosebumps hearing you say that, man, yeah. because that is the truth, right? Like yeah. it's not, yeah. it has nothing to do with what you earn. It has everything to do with the quality of your plan and the decisions that you consistently make over the next 15 years. Mm. Um, so whether you're working, if you're working in, in a job that you can stomach or a job that you enjoy, keep working the job, you know what I mean? And just take that active income and turn it into a passive income stream over time. Mm. If you are like me, which I was basically unemployable by the end of it, man, like I was such <laughs> a shit employee. <laughs> I just couldn't not listen to anyone, working man. for anyone, man. <laughs> I, I would listen to them, but I would figure out how to do my job in like two days a week and just be bored shitless Yeah. And and craving more. But, you know, always working for people that, you know, like, Mm-hmm. that only had so much to give me. And so I was, you know, I, was, I needed to move into business, but unless you can sell, unless you can lead people, unless you can negotiate and unless you can market, mm-hmm. if you don't have those skills based on what you've currently done in the past, then I don't think business is a good step. In fact, I think it massively for most people increases their risk mm-hmm. and takes them further away from financial freedom. Yeah. The only reason you go into business is if you can back yourself and you've got the skill set to make a lot more money. Yeah. Because there's a, you know, man, like there's a hell of a lot more things going on in the back of your mind at night when you're yeah. running your own business. Like yeah. the, the stress sometimes of, isn't worth the reward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, t- it takes many years as well to, to earn a certain income. Like if you're working in a job, um, you can be making about 80 K maybe a hundred K if you're pretty skilled, but in a, in a business, it might take you years to, to get that to that level of income, but then you know you might miss out on those opportunities for the capital growth for for a house if you purchase those house when you had those jobs. So um, yeah, it could be that as well there. So in, yeah, I worked for as long as I could. Like I think I was twenty nine or thirty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I hadn't got kicked out of the company by my ex employer, um, I'd probably still be working there. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoyed it. I remember coming home, like I just had my second baby. She was um, four months old and just crying, man. Like I was so, I felt like I just let let my family down. I didn't know what to do. And um, I said to my wife, like, what are we going to do? And I ended up actually, because I'd been working in an office environment for like 10 years, I was just, I needed a change. So I went and just labored with my brother-in-law, like literally Mm. he was doing fencing at the time and just, was on site with him for six months while I got my real estate license. And um, my wife's like, you know, we just have to have a try at you doing this. Cause it was my absolute passion, man. Like mm. I think I'd bought five or six properties by that point. We had a bit of financial freedom going in on yep. and, you know, I was, I was ready to help. I just, um, you know, didn't have that confidence to sort of take that leap. And it was sort mm. of thrust upon me. It, it ended up working out, but, you know, if you're starting this same business in 2020 versus 2015 or 16, like mm, yeah, very a, different market, like not everyone's going to survive it. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does take a lot of, uh, got a lot of guts to, <laughs> to get through all the adversity that we're going through at the moment. Right. So, um, you know, what, what about you with your business, man? Like, how do you find this yeah. market how do you find like the balance between working in a nice well-paying job versus what you're trying to do now yeah yeah well um yeah obviously yeah when working in a high-paying job i was making over six figures and then um you know with yeah i made the decision to make the leap and obviously with business <laughs> you know it's uh, it's a bit tricky because you're you're working even harder 
it's very more time trying to get clients as well. But, um, but I think if you've got like the basic skills, like, you know, lead generation, know how to sell and close, just like what you said, um, you know, you can, you can pretty much get some clients and then slowly get creative and try and get some retainers and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that you got to think about, right? Um, For sure. Yeah. It's a bit crazy. So, yeah. You know, uh, they, yeah. I remember when I was working for someone else and I was working towards financial freedom and I was like frustrated that I wasn't getting there close enough. And I think yeah. everyone can empathize with that, man. It's like, yeah. you know, but, but now I'm like, if I could talk to myself 10 years ago, I'd be patient. I'd really focus. I'd obsess on the plan. And then once I had the plan, I'd just work one tiny step at a time towards my goal. Like, mm. you know, in the last six months I've been saving my bum off for a deposit for another place. Mm. So that's all I was thinking about. And just yesterday I got my deposit for my next place. And awesome. now, yeah, it's like a big deal, man. Like mm. no matter what you're earning, it's still the same game. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> tighten the belt, save your bum off. Um, yeah that i'm not spending 400 bucks a week at the cafes at the moment <laughs> yeah, yeah. going i didn't realize with like my family how many times a week we're reading out and how much money i was wasting yeah but now it's like i'm ready now my next step is to identify which suburb which area which i've done and my next step is now to patiently wait for two or three months until the perfect home comes up and working one step at a time and being super present while you do it versus all of the stuff, you know, how long did it take you to get the confidence to jump out from six figures to $0, man? <laughs> yeah. It takes, takes a lot, lot of, uh, takes a lot of years actually. Like, I mean, it's not my, my first business. I've done it before. Um, cool. I was working part time and then I was had my business and then I already got a bit of experience there, but you know, as, as, um, as I went through with, with you, you know, you just get tired of the whole corporate thing as well. I mean, it's okay. It's like golden handcuffs, but, um, but once you <laughs> it's just crazy, you know, just enough um, money to keep you there, just enough responsibility to make yeah, you feel like you're doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you know, but it gives it frees you up a lot of your time, obviously. And you're looking at a lot of creative ways to, to get clients and then, um, yeah, just to try and accelerate things. But, but at the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, you know, I've got to be investing in property. I have to be building my portfolio. Um, I'm really busy in the business. So you've got to juggle that stuff. And sometimes you fantasize, oh, maybe I should go back to a job and, <laughs> and actually just focus on, on, on the investing, right? So, yeah. That's it's funny you say that, man, because, um, mm. you know, I was so heavily into investing in property yeah. when I was working for someone else. Um. And then I started working for myself and for the first two years, you need to build up the tax returns to borrow money again. Um, and then as you said, like you can get caught up in making money in your business and thinking you're making progress. But mm. if you're not investing that active income into a 100%. passive one, mm. you're just working harder for, for more money that can go out the back door. So yeah, yeah, exactly. after that second year, I, I put a plan in place and I've consistently worked towards what I wanted to. And mm. I see my business as a funnel same as my job to just pay off debt and, and buy mm. assets that give me income. And, you know, unfortunately not that many people think that way. And mm. that's why it takes them 40 years to do something that they should be able to do in 10 to 15 with the right plan. Mm. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, so how about, uh, okay. So if you, I think you briefly mentioned on this, right? Let's say that you were to go into a time machine, press a button, go back and talk to yourself 10, 15 years ago. What would you say to your younger self? Like fucking relax, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Fucking relax. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What Me? would you say, man? 
would say, uh, yeah, man, just, um, yeah, try and go faster, you know, try, try and do things faster, get some, re- get some results first, but, but don't be too hard on yourself, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like we tend to beat ourselves up too much when, when things don't go well. Right. But yeah, try and um, start a business a bit earlier and then, um, or just do all these things earlier, but then get results, but don't be so hard on yourself. It doesn't work out. So that's, that's my one, but yours relax, bro. <laughs> Love it. I was, I was, you know, it was like a, um, goal oriented personality that, yeah. you know, had something to prove in my own mind. Yeah, I've always sort of run my own race. So I've definitely got blinders on now in terms mm. of like just listening to my own internal voice, but I was, I put so much pressure on myself, man. Like I used to have like, years where I'd set my goals in January and have 40 financial things to tick off and hit 39 of them and feel like I'd failed the year. Yeah. Like I, you know, I used to have a goal of doing X amount of blogs a, a week. And if I didn't achieve it, like I was same as you, man, like just so like such a whip on my own back yeah. for no reason. Mm. Um, I wish I had have known that. Um, I also wish I had have, you know, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't podcasts when you and I were getting started 10 years ago. Like how cool is it to be able to plug into someone that's yeah. where you want to be and just follow their story. Yeah. Um, so I was like trying to create a plan, but now I would spend, like I said, more time on getting the plan right than actually just constantly taking action. Like I was like, it was basically back then save, invest, save, invest nonstop. But now it's like slow down, make sure each step is crucial, take less steps, but higher quality steps and Mm. completely trust that if you do the activity, you will get the result. It's just the thing stopping the result today is just the time. And Mm. so I get that now I'm super patient. I'm very aware of what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it and I know what I need to do. And Mm. it's just slowly taking that action and having a really, really good lifestyle around that. Mm. Um, you yeah, know, I always had a good time doing this. So, like, my wife and I <laughs> always travelled and always spent a lot of time with the boys and always spent a lot of time with the fam. Like, we didn't sacrifice what's important. But mm. as you said, when you're being so harsh on yourself all the time, mm. it can sometimes pull you out of the present if you're constantly living in the future. That's true. That's true. You seem very, um, very calm and very balanced person. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Like, do you get emotional when deals don't work out or? Like, or is there oh, some man. sort of process or, or what's your, like, or you're very analytical when, when you're, I mean, like you said, you've got a plan and just execute the plan and the things that go well, you know, do you get, you a, know, with ex- you ex- experience, yeah. um, I'm, I'm one of those very, very lucky people that, you know, I'm so analytical in the way that mm. I approach in, investing in my personal life, man, I'm an emotional mofo that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cries over movies and, you know, is cuddling the boys at 3am when oh. you've had too many beers and, yeah, you know, cuddle. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, just all this same stuff, but this is a business to me, mm. man. Investing is a business and yeah. I've learned the rules. I've put the plan in place and, you know, I've bought 12 properties in 10 years. I've placed offers on another 30 and walked away from them. Mm. I've bought $300 million worth of property for clients. Now it's like, it is a full on game. And Mm. if you're not emotionally attached to the game and you just follow the rules and the numbers, then it'll always work out. Mm. Every time I lose a property for myself or a client, um, a much better one comes up. 
Yeah. And so I just have to trust that that's how it's always going to be. Um, I don't try and like, I love stoic thinking. I love Buddhist thinking. I love Zen mm. thinking. I do yoga every day. I try and manage the things that are inside my control, which the mm. only thing that's inside my control is my mental health mm. and everything. in the, I can't control the virus. I can't control Sydney rising by 15% last year and dropping by 15 this year. Mm. What I can control is the way that I respond to environments and how I take advantage of situations. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned stoicism. That's really cool. Um, You like that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius uh, meditations and uh, I interviewed a, um, a stoic philosopher. He's uh, a, yeah, man, like uh, from Rome, um, Donald (laughs) uh, Robinson. Like he wrote, yeah. How to think like a Roman emperor. And yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really crazy on, on how, um, yeah, just exactly what you just said, you know, you just focus on, on how you respond, not, not just don't react to other outside circumstances because, you know, you can't control that. Just focus on what you can control. You know? The so, best thing I ever heard was, um, I think from Seneca and he's like, you know, cause people are like, what the hell is stoicism? But everyone yeah. knows Marcus Aurelius, like mm. one of the greatest leaders of all time. And it's like, um, he said, you know, the Zen, Buddhist goes and sits on top of a waterfall for his entire lifetime and he achieves this zen like state and it's like not everyone wants to go sit on top of a waterfall man like you Mm. and i would probably go fucking crazy if we did (laughs) it's like forever um you know i'm not chasing that the the stoic is the person with like the zen like awareness and mentality and um but he's a functioning member of society starting businesses working in jobs in being involved in the community, actually becoming a productive member of society and making the world better through like these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved when I heard that, I'm like, Oh, that's what it is. It's like being chill, but being highly productive member of society and, and following your passion, not just sitting back and, you know, collecting it for your whole lifetime, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to the next question. What's your daily routine? Like, um, I'm thinking maybe, you got to meditations you're obviously very fit or what's the deal there um you know i've I've been seeing a psychologist for about three years because i had some massive anxiety um mainly driven from achieving everything i was supposed to and still not being happy wow and it was i've always had good routines but i've got excellent routines that work for me now um Mm. there's a really cool podcast with jay shetty as well um where they he talks to a bloke who interviewed a million high performers globally in the top 10% of their industries or spaces. And mm. he looked at, you know, what works for them. And I, I just, I just hijack good ideas, man. I don't try and like reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I've got three kids, man, and they're all under seven, which means my morning routine gets hammered often. Mm. Um, why I brought up the psychologist is because it's okay to not use that routine as a way to be in flow. It's okay to like, you know, even if you've got a great habit and routine, it's okay. I now know for it to be like flexible. Mm. Um, Cause I think for a long time I used my morning routine as like, if I do it, I'm having a good day. If I'm, if I'm not doing it, I'm having a bad one. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want people to think about it that way. Um, mm. So I, I get up, I hop straight into the cold pool or cold shower Mm-hmm. Um, that Tony Robbins thing of like, or Wim Hof thing. Of just, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, same as so many other people, man, I drink somewhere between 500 mils and a liter of like filtered quality water, sometimes with lemon in it. 
Okay. Um, then I'll either stretch. Um, I'm working with this incredible dude at the moment. He's an ex-professional fighter mm. that's got really into this Paul Check philosophy of like aligning your body like a child again. Wow. Um, so I'll, I'll either do his routine or I'll do yoga. Um, I feel much better doing yoga because it's active meditation. Yeah. Um, then I'll like have some food. Generally, it's like either a um, like celery, like celery juice, or it's like um, banana. Like I don't like to eat straight away. Yep. Um, which is stuff that I've learned from the Taoists. And then mm. I'll like muck around like an absolute lunatic with my kids for a while. Like this morning mm. we chucked on shitty music and rap for like an hour and just danced, man. <laughs> on on TikTok, man. You're on TikTok. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm only on social media for my business. I don't okay, use it yeah. personally. Okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah. It, it was like some dumb shit you'd see on TikTok, yeah. but even worse. Yeah. Um, then if I've got time, I'll like run down to the beach. I'm like just down the road from a couple of beaches and take my dog, dip in the surf, do a few breaths. And like, I call it bringing like, like, um like i just i just try and bring light into my day like yeah. um i expel the bad shit i bring in good stuff and mm. i've seen um a lot of like the big dogs in hollywood do that mm. and then i'll I get stuck into my day man something that i forgot to do which a lot of high performers do is eat during their day um you sort of get so into your work that yeah. a lot of people that i know like me don't um so i've like become really aware of that i make sure i eat really regularly now so that my fight mode doesn't kick in i take lots and lots of regular breaks okay the top one percent of people in the world man take a six minute break every hour every yeah. single one of them wow. um, really that's, that's like really from good. this high performance habits thing i was like man if they're all doing it then mm. i'm gonna start doing it um I'll like cruise out of my office, man. Now that I'm working from home, we've got a spa and a pool and I'll muck around with my kids a bit. Mm. And then I'm, on the big days, man, this is how I really maintain a good routine and mental state. Mm. Um, on my biggest days where I'm back to back calls for like eight or 10 hours, mm. I'll immediately train with friends straight after work, just for 20 minutes, half an hour and let go of all that. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah back in my body mm. um, and then man i'm like monday to thursday so by midday friday i'm like completely chill not mm. even thinking work or business until monday morning when it all starts again like i'm i've really like really focused on this morning routine and mm. daily ritual stuff to, mm. to maintain flow because if anyone that's actually changed the world in a positive way not over a year but over 30 years has to learn how to maintain state and um, one of my clients at the moment, man. Sorry, do you mind if I rant? Like, I just go, love Go this. for it, bro. Yeah, yeah. 100%, man. I love <laughs> this stuff, man. Yeah, go. Um, you know, his name's James Dinning. He's uh, one of Australia's number one chiropractors and naturopaths in the Goldie. All of his clients are like Joel Parkinson, Mick Fanning, the professional surfers, the professional athletes. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about an exercise. Mick Fanning's got this incredible check trainer as well. And um, he started training with Mick Fanning's trainer because he's like, man, if I'm going to train, I'm going to train with the best in the world. Yeah. And so he gets there and the first exercise isn't going into the gym and doing work. It's, it's like this mental thing. And he's like, okay, I've got this puzzle, do it. And James is like, okay, 
and gets himself in this elevated 10 out of 10 state, mm. does the puzzle in two minutes and the guy's like, cool. Um, why did you take that breath? And he's like, you know, to get myself into a state to be prepared. And he's like, and then he's like in your business, which is 40 clients a week for the next 30 years. Mm. If you're getting yourself in that 10 out of 10 state before everything you do, yeah. you're constantly running adrenaline cortisol you're constantly running at an elevated state which is not sustainable mm. he's like this time slow down take a breath did the same puzzle but a different version in under a minute and he's like that's how i want you to live your life like live it at a six out of ten as opposed oh. to a ten out of ten and that one idea to just slow the hell down, simplify and actually perform better because you're relaxed. Like you listen to top athletes, top fighters, top musicians, top actors, top business people talk. Mm. They're doing it with ease, man. Mm. Because they understand that like stepping back and not hustling all the time and actually chilling the fuck out and recovering mm. is just as important as like being on when you need to be. Oh man, that's that, bullshit, man. That is good, man. Like you, you've uh, you've gone to the next level. A lot of people are stuck at that level where, obviously, yeah, everyone's saying you got to hustle. Uh, it's like a badge of honor if you're doing your your eighty hour weeks. And, <laughs> and uh, but you, you've you've um, and you've got a lot more results, right? You've got more results out of having this balance. Massively. Like, yeah? Oh wow, man. States you know, and breathing, yeah. Breathing's everything, eh? Just all day recognizing the breath and all day being aware of the thoughts that are coming in. Okay. You know, when three years ago, man, when I realized I wasn't happy from achieving everything that you're supposed to achieve, like mm. paying off the home, having the business, the beautiful wife, the kids, the bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, well, how do you find happiness, man? And I had to like look at what I value and now I just try and make decisions towards what's important. Mm. as opposed to like walking someone else's version of my life. Mm. Anyone that the thing about achieving something, and I was almost going to start a podcast called after achievement so that I could have conversations with people like you and I that get the other side of this, mm. you know, the skills that enable you to be successful and financially free and wealthy are not the skills that enable you to be happy once you achieve it. Mm. Cause once you achieve it, man, hustling working 100 hours a week just isn't as fun as it used to be you know when you've got children at home and you're working 100 hours a week and saying i'm just going to do anything for them mm. but it's your fucking own ego man that's like mm. pulling you in that direction mm. and it's like i've really worked hard to detach from that surface level stuff and go not what's important to the world or my family or my friends or this environment but how do i feel today and what's going to make me feel good in this moment plus also remembering that there's a tomorrow and making that day better as well mm. and you know it's just one tiny thing at a time man like all starting with you know yoga and then from that all this weird stuff comes out of it <laughs> mm, yeah no it's great fantastic you, you mentioned um uh, the keyword detachment as well and your ego as well so mm. you've learned to detach your ego and to be the observer yeah looking down yeah. on yourself yeah okay yep if you, you, do you do that sort of work as well for yourself? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, when I'm meditating, when I'm reading um, like a really good uh, book on Buddhism or uh, I've learned to detach by my own ego and just to sort of like look wow. at yourself as like a someone in a movie, you know, if, if 
like if you're if you're in the if you're in the ring you're just always finding the monster and stuff but if you saw that project out and you're just a character in a movie you, you just don't get so involved with all the emotions and stuff of like that and um but yeah, unfortunately, I haven't reached that level of having that balance yet. I'm just still like, I got to get. Oh, same, bro. Like, you know, no I, one yeah. does, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like that's a moment by moment, entire lifetime thing, man. Like, yeah. You know, you wake up one morning feeling good. You wake up the next morning feeling crappy. I don't know why. Sometimes it's... I wake up, oh, shit, I feel like shit today. You know, but <laughs> yeah, okay, man, I guess we make the make the call. You know, so. <laughs> You know, rather than letting that waking up shit affect my whole day and Mm. my week and eating shitty food or not Mm -hmm. sleeping as well and not training or not spending meaningful time doing life enriching work or with my family. Mm. This morning I woke up feeling a bit flat. You know, the routine, like I said, everything in my life is a process. And I think if you trust that the process over time will get it's also like you know i went for that swim even though i didn't feel like it i did a little workout and played with the kids and Mm. i wasn't feeling any of it man but in through doing that like now i feel like fuck like let's have a good day and type vibe you know what i mean and and it it can turn itself around rather than lasting a week like most people get stuck in or a month Mm. or a year or it's like it lasts a moment and that moment you know as bruce lee says two shall pass like just let it let it slide by yeah 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 man um i'd like to hear your podcast when you launch it you know i think you've got some really good uh, insights that a lot of people need to hear um about mm. the other side of uh, of financial freedom um there's two people that comes to mind there's uh, a guy i interview always oh, two people interviewed his name is cameron Foos. He's, okay. he's a trader yeah he's a stock market trader you know, made millions and everything, but now he's, he's in Bali at the moment. And he says, you know, he, he was depressed <laughs> after when he achieved the financial freedom and also Mike Chang as well. He's a uh, six pack shortcuts and, uh, you know, made millions as well, but now he's financially freeze in Bali, but you know, he, he, he was trying to discover himself and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's really amazing on, on what you're talking about there. And I think a lot more people need to hear it, you know, so. That's just so cool that you're bringing that stuff to the world, man. And, mm. you know, that's the thing. Hey, like you think it's going to be something, but then you're the same person the next day that you're financially free and you're still looking at the same person. You've still got the same, same ideas that you had the day before. You've just got an extra six figures of income coming in a year or whatever you think is going to change your world. Yeah. Cool, man. All Um, right then. Yep. Yeah. I just want to say like, I there's like probably a few resources that I think would be super helpful for people. Like I'm just obsessed with one thing and that's property. Mm. um you know like there's a book and a guy called phil anderson he wrote the secret life of real estate and banking yep that book changed my life man like i knew that this 2020 market was coming in 2017 yeah because he told me it was like in 2018 he said it's time to start getting liquid and start getting in a solid position 19 he's like it's time to pull money out of certain markets to get prepared Mm. imagine how valuable having that sort of advice week by week is in your life. Mm. Um, another bloke, Fred Harrison, um, he's an, he's a UK economist. His first book, um, was published in 1983 called the power in the land. And it told people about the 1990 recession. Oh really? Okay. Um, seven years in advance, man. Like imagine 
having that information at that time and then being able to buy properties at 50 cents in the dollar when it came through. Then he, then he wrote a book in 2004, 2005 called boom bust. And he told people the month that the GFC would hit and how long it would last for and what to do to trade it. Mm. And he published that two and a half years before, like those two guys along with Ray Dalio have been successfully trading markets and cycles for 45, 50 years, bro. Mm. Like with their, Mm you don't have to try and figure this shit out on your own. It's like read a few of their books, watch a few of their YouTube things, figure out a plan for yourself and, and smash it, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like figure out when you should be loaded up and when leverage is good and figure out when you should be with good cash flow and good equity. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like I said, like their stuff would have told you to buy Sydney and Melbourne in 2010, sell out in 17, you know, buy Brisbane, Perth now, sell out if you want to get out in seven years. Mm. You know, the combination of the stuff that you mentioned from Ray Dalio is like around diversified strategies and reallocation of capital. And it's like there's so many geniuses, you know, sharing yeah, what they've it's learned. Amazing. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just so doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then, no worries. And um, well, I think it's getting close to that. Okay. So, uh, so how can people get in contact with you, Ben? Um, I've got a podcast at the moment called the pumped on property show, which is just property plus this sort of stuff we've talked about today. Yep. Um, a YouTube channel over there too, pumped on property and obviously a website. Um, you know, for those people looking to achieve financial freedom and create a property plan that are Mm. in a position to consider doing stuff, not a few years away from just saving money. Mm. Um, you know, we offer some free strategy sessions, a very small amount each month over at our website. So, you know, book a time in and we can talk about where you are and where you want to go and, Mm. you know, take it from there and hopefully you get some cool ideas. And if, Mm. you know, you decide and we decide that we'd like to work together, then we can maybe talk about that as well. Mm. Awesome. Well, uh, Ben, I really appreciate your time today and, um, you know, I wish you all the best for future endeavors. I came here for the property advice, but came here with, uh, walked out with some great life advice. So <laughs> I'm going to try and yeah, balance dude. myself as well. So, but yeah, you know, do you, ever, um, do you ever do podcasts just for you, man, sharing your full story? Or is it always interview it's, stuff? It's always interviews. I feel like you've got yeah. so much gold, bro. Yeah, you need but, to do one on yourself, man. I'd be so down to hear all that cool shit that you've been up to. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of people say, "Quite, can you just like talk about yourself or change?" <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. yeah um, it, just at the moment, I'm just trying to get as many people as possible, and then yeah, maybe I'll just do a big one or something at the end or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate cool, it, man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.